Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first podcast episode of this new podcast that I've appropriately titled Sports HQ. Words can't explain how much I am excited to finally, you know, launch this podcast off because my main thing is I love talking about sports, you know, and I finally get to have it hopefully be heard by, you know, not even just one other person would be great. So let's just dive into it. So like I said, the this first episode, obviously you can tell by the title, it's going to be Mar- March Madness. You know, this is the phenomenon, at least right now, as of this recording. It's obviously the most biggest sporting event that is going to have, that is taking place right now. What I want to do is, I'm not going to cover, if you're, if you're expecting me to cover the games and talk about the scores for this and that, for you know, oh, who beat this, and just give you a sports update. I mean, honestly, I mean, I know in well that you guys already see that and hear that a lot on Instagram or ESPN and stuff. Like, they're going to post about it. So this is not going to be that stereotypical thing because, I mean, a lot of people do it. But what I want to do for this episode is dive into the big question which some people, especially on the outside who aren't surrounded by the phenomenon or, you know, or just don't understand why March Madness is the way it is or why, you know, which is that question is, why is March Madness such a big event? That's so many things that people ask. And, you know, this is a common question that people who are not fans of either basketball or just sports in general, like ask, like when people, you know, here on the street Oh yeah, March Madness just started. I'm blah blah blah. I'm gonna go for this blah blah blah. I'm gonna place bracket. You know, people on the outside who don't really care about sports are like, why? Why is this such a big event? So for that, I'm going to dive into as of why it is such a big event. I broke it down to four segments. So we're gonna be talking about first one marketing, second one structural format, third one nature of the sport. And the fourth, game frequency and time. So I'm going to break these into segments. I'm going to try to keep them, you know, not too long. I don't want to go too long. So I want to give each, each and every segment its own time. So we're going to go into the first one. And arguably, it is the most important, you know, aspect of this is marketing. It is so crucial because if you think about it, how many commercials have you seen with sporting events and that are publicized? You know, if you can think of like the most popular that the general public know in this country. They're going to mention the Super Bowl. They're going to mention you know, the NBA Finals, maybe you know the World Series, and obviously March Madness. And why do people talk about this? It's because of marketing. And it's because how much is just poured into economically into this. So according to WalletHub.com, the annual revenue for just the amount that the people like NCAA makes is 1.16 billion annual revenue. And this is, of course, taken last year, 2021. And that's how much they make just promoting and releasing, you know, partnering up with companies, uh, corporations, you know, such as Wendy's. If you look at Wendy's commercials right now, Reggie Miller is obviously an NBA legend, NBA Hall of Famer, who is in those commercials and promoting Wendy's, but also at NCAA at the same time. The other biggest partners, uh, partnerships that NCAA has made is with AT&T. You hear that all the time, you know, have to, you know, like, and with other sports, you know, they talk about, oh yeah, the Verizon halftime, you know, I think that is uh, CBS Sports, NFL and CBS, they may have that partnership, but they talk about, 
you know, let's go to the Fox, blah, 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 halftime, or, like, even stuff like uh, for college football, I know, college football playoffs, they partner up with Dr. Pepper. And Dr. Pepper, you know, it's called the Dr. Pepper halftime or stuff, and they have released commercials talking about discussing about college football. So definitely revenue uh, marketing is such a big deal. It is crucial. And to me, like I said, probably arguably is the greatest because without that, without putting that to the known general public, you're not going to get as much attraction. You got to throw it in people's faces, and that's what they want. They want it to be known. They want people to, hey, tune into this game. And then when they make commercials, they show the natural beauty of the sport and, oh, you know, it's unpredictable. Nothing is guaranteed. Uh, There's always David and Goliaths competing against each other, and there's a lot more Davids winning than Goliaths at times or whatever. And you know they do that, and that's that's what they want. They want to generate those view the viewership, and everything, just like even with different places like economic impact. According to the same website I had pulled up, is that the final four is going to be in New Orleans, and also like obviously the championship game. So for this year, it's estimated like two hundred million economic impact just for the city of New Orleans, and I mean that that is a lot, you know. So. It's just, like, shocking, like, how much poured in, you know. March Madness, this is an article, it's old, according to CNBC.com. Like, the 2019 NBA March Madness tournament generated $1.18 billion in television and ad spending for CBS. Like, that, that, that is insane, you know. Like, how much they just, to advertise for the, like, just, just, this is just for men's basketball tournament. This doesn't even take account the women's basketball tournament you know it's like obviously it has it's just gonna boost up their their spending and everything but like i said there's so many things like you don't know like or sporting events like i mean i i didn't know that was going on that was like the hockey collegiate hockey like division one uh championship and everything like that i didn't even know about it until i saw it uh, on the tv one day i was like oh i didn't know what that was going on now that's because a lot of people don't know about you know other sporting events because they don't promote it or they don't advertise it, they don't market it as much, due to some reasons I'm not going to go into or anything because I want to focus on you know March Madness specifically. But yeah, so much goes into that in marketing because and like I said, obviously without this, it, our marketing is arguably the backbone of this this whole thing because if people don't know about it, then how are they going to gain the attraction and everything? So yeah, that's just the. The first point I just wanted to cover. And so the second second segment is the structural format. Compared to other sports, to understand this, let's take a look at other professional sports. Think of the NBA playoffs. Think of the MLB playoffs and everything. And think of the NBA finals and World Series. If you think of the structural format, what is it? Well, it is, it's, it's a series. I know for the NBA, you have the... First round is, you know, NBA first round, and then you have the conference semifinals, and then you have the conference finals, and then you have the NBA finals. But each of those rounds, that's four rounds, if you get to the NBA finals that you play. All of those are best or a series. They're best of seven. So first to win four is to move on to the next round. There's always, always, like, guarantee of usually the best team, who's the better team, has more players, more experience, better well-rounded teams are going to be the one to, you know, keep on advancing. Same for the MLB. And like I said, because of their best of seven, um, usually I know in the MLB, I mean, it's only best of seven until like I think the championship series and the 
World Series, obviously. I think everything else is in uh, probably best of five. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, in layman's terms, like it's their series games. What's unique about March Madness is that it is literally do or die. One game determines your fate if you're going to go on or if you're going to go home. And what has I've checked, there's 67 games that plays throughout March Madness, men's and women's. So 67 games each for both of those tournaments. Like you have the first four, and then you have the first round, second round. You know, you keep on going down the ladder, round of 32, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, and then obviously the championship game. But each of those games are just one-and-done elimination games. It's all up to one because, like I said, you have 68. This, I think it's recently, you have 68 teams from both men's and women's tournaments that make it in that have the chance. So it is also because of the competition, um, how many colleges uh, basketball teams are participating. It's going to be, obviously, the more people have, the more competitive it's going to be. And I think what unique is about it is like, like I said, because it's brackets, you know, if you, it's, it's similar to the NBA, but in terms of who plays who, like you have the f- best seed out of this region, uh, number one seed, you know, you have 16 seeds out of each four re- regions, you know, because, um, you know, it's divided into four regions, you break it down, 16 from one, 16 from another, 16 from the third, 16 from the fourth, and then you have the first four who are given the opportunities to go into play with those other regions so you know first the first seed in the region plays the lowest seed the 16th seed second plays the 15th seed third 14th or you know you get what i'm saying and so it's just because of that people were like oh, i want to see if there's an upset in everything because it's happened before you know where the lower seed you know the david has beaten the goliath the higher seed it just happened this tournament you know saint peter's everyone you know, they just got eliminated from the Elite Eight. But, I mean, hey, they were, like, 15th. And they were going against Kentucky, which was the number two seed in the region. Literally, the in the first round, the first opening round of this tournament, St. Peter's, a small school that I didn't even hear of until this tournament, that I know a lot of people just like me haven't heard of, finally made it. They made it, not just making it. You know, there's supposed to be a sacrificial lamb for Kentucky, a, a college basketball powerhouse. And what do they do? They shock the world and beat them. And that's what the beauty of the sports is like. You can't get that if this was the format of the MLB or the NBA. Because well-known in the NBA, at least, like, take, for example, I can think of off the top of my head, 2001 NBA Finals. The Lakers, obviously, were defending champions. And they had, you know, Shaq, Kobe, Rick Fox, uh, Robert Horry, I believe, Derek Fisher as well. Like, they had a stacked team. They're going against the Sixers, which, you know, AI, they had Matumbo at the time. They have other players I can't think of, but AI was mainly the one he was carrying the team. The, the And guess what happened in the first game? Sixers win it 107-101 in overtime. They beat the Lakers. They stunned them. They took game one. But the thing is, is that if it, this was like a March Madness bracket, you know, structural format, the Sixers would have been the ones to win the championship. It was just one and done elimination games determined it all. Then it would have been done. And what what brings people in is that because it's only one game, imagine if the tournament was best of, not even best of seven, just like a best of five or best of three. Like that, that takes too long for 68 teams. It wouldn't, it would be dragging on more than a month, more than two months, you know, possibly just 
them competing and all like that. So, you know, they want to keep people engaged. So obviously, one and done in niche is the way to go, you know. And what I'm going to be doing, guys, in a lot of these is I'm always going to bring, bring other sports and references to other sports. And so bear with me on that. So like I said, if St. Peter's, if this was like a best of even, you know, best of three series with Kentucky, they probably would have lost, like lost the series and not advanced. But like I said, the beauty of this the structural game, structural format, is really a benefit. So talking about the beauty of the game and everything, let's move into the third segment, which is the nature of the sport. And this is one thing that I really do enjoy about not even just college basketball, but just basketball in general. But think of all the other sports you know. Obviously, you can think of football. You know that football fields, I mean, in total, like 120 yards, but excluding the end zones, it's 100 yards. You have to cross. NBA courts, they're small. I think they're like, what, 75 or so? But they're definitely not 100 yards. Everyone knows that. The surface playing area is smaller on basketball than obviously it is in, say, football or definitely baseball. So it's just, like I said, it's just the smallest playing area you have, you know, that's kind of a given. So. The beauty about like basketball is that you can be down 10, 20 points with like four minutes left. And guess what? You still have a good shot of coming back and at least taking the game to overtime to win the game. Or if not win the game within those four minutes or so. You can go on a 18 and 2 run or such and such to get close and get back in the game. Being down four points with like a minute and a half to go is nothing in basketball. Not just college basketball, but basketball in general. If you're down four points with like a, you know, like a minute and a half in, in college football or NFL football, it's going to be harder to, to score the four points, you know, just to take the lead because, you know, you got to travel from a kickoff like 80 yards, well, 75 yards, 80 yards, you know, clock management, like it, it's, it's hard. It's beautiful for basketball is that it keeps you on your toes. Like I said, if you're down four points, a minute and a half to go. It's the game is still close. This game is still in your reach. You can still tie the game and or go up if you're down. And, and that's because, you know, the, like I said, the playing area is small. And that's what attracts people to this sport. That's why it makes it such a big an event. Because nothing in this sport is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. Just because you're the bigger, better team doesn't mean you're going to be the one to win it. Look at Gonzaga. They're the number one um, tenders for the, the championship. They got eliminated. They're already eliminated. And like I said, that's beauty of the sport is that nothing is guaranteed like a Baylor defending champs they got eliminated they're obviously not going to repeat this year like I said that's what attracts people is because when a game is that close when a game is coming down to who has the ball last and how close the score is and everything one of the teams was down about 20 points or so and with like eight minutes left they ended up coming back and almost winning the game and stealing the game they only lost by two three points so the nature of the sport, you know, it's because of given the aforementioned factors and everything, size relative of the plane area, you cannot always be feeling comfortable and with definitely not a two, three single digit leads. You know, they can be taken away from you just like that. People are always expecting, oh, can they make this? Oh, you know, fans are like there and the crowds are on TV like, oh, can they take this away or not? Oh, uh, you know, are they going to come back? Are they going to win? Are they going to take it overtime? You know, it always keeps you on your toes. And that's what keeps people engaged to this event because the unpredictability of the outcomes. So that is obviously a big part of the game. The last point I finally want to cover is 
the game frequency and timing. So this is another thing that obviously is big factor is the timing, you know. Think of it right now, it is currently, as of today, it is March. Think of all the other sports happening. I mean, there's not much. MLB season hasn't started. I think there's about less than two weeks in it, you know, it starts. I mean, there's obviously spring training. I know for college football, spring football is happening. People are, they're starting to warm up again for summer training camp in fall. The NFL currently right now is not, it's not playing right now. They're in free agency. And free agency, it's, it has to do with the business side of the NFL, which makes, it's not like, oh, I'm going to watch, check up on free agency. That's not as fun as watching March Madness, you know? And at least the only other sport I know is in season uh, right now, besides, you know, other soccer leagues in, um, internationally around the world and everything. Uh, I know uh, MLS just started their season. But in NBA, they're winding down. The playoffs are about to start in a matter of a few weeks, you know, two or three weeks or so. But March Madness, like I said, it's the biggest sporting event right now. And that it, the timing could not be any more perfect. Because obviously, if this was March Madness was, it's in March. That's why it's called March Madness. And the name and the jingle, you know, it has a ring to it because, you know, it's like alliteration, March Madness, you know. So it sounds perfect. If you called it April Madness, it wouldn't really go well or may Maybe May Madness, but college athletes are already out. Graduated by the time of May, so obviously they couldn't have it at May. But like I said, it's not during like NBA Finals, not during the Super Bowl. Like it doesn't start. If that was the case, obviously, like they wouldn't have many viewerships or anything like that. Look at, or if it was during the fall, during late October, November, they wouldn't create as many views because, you know, you have the World Series going on. So what's perfect about this is basically none of the major sports have any important tournaments or games being played right now so that's why it's this timing is so crucial because you can gain all the followers of the nfl of pro basketball of hockey and other fans they're gravitating towards this event because of all the aforementioned segments and points that i brought up and because there's no other sports you know sports fans are always looking for the next exciting games in them and everything like that so timing is important and to part in with that is game frequency like i said mentioned there's Including the first four, there's 67 games played in both the men's and women's tournament. So it is very active. You know, it's not like NFL playoffs. You have to wait every Saturday, Sunday of every week to get a game. You have to wait, just watch another playoff game or just even a regular season game. There's always a game going on. There's about so many games that's happening, not just in men's, but in women's. And they're showing it constantly. So you can always engage with the action. You can always view and always check up on who's playing, who's on, who's going on, and who's staying home, you know? So it is always active. There's always, it doesn't take your attention off of anything, you know? Like, it is always keeping you engaged because of the freak, because of the competition pool, like I said, and because of, like I said, how many games? There's like six games there's 63 games played out within the the first six round of the whole tournament so it is there's always something to watch that's why it is such a phenomenon that brings it to my you know my conclusion is that that this phenomenon just because because of these four segments i mean you can have your own different opinions on which one's the most important which one is the biggest reason why march madness is such a big event you can argue on that, but all we do know for sure is that because of these is at least these four segments that I've 
presented for y'all is that is why it's such a big event that you hear at this time every year especially for us fellow college students you know we're surrounded by that because i mean we're in college you know so that is what i wanted to bring to the table for y'all what i want y'all to take away from this episode is that when it comes to march madness just always remember nothing is guaranteed i mentioned how like leads can just evaporate just like that only until the clock strikes triple zeros when you can either celebrate or it can either like go home in tears that's what i want for y'all to take away and not just this but just sports in general not just basketball but sports in general nothing is guaranteed nothing is safe and everything is unpredictable look at how many people put in their brackets everything is unpredictable so many brackets were broken. there's no perfect bracket anymore as of late even like weeks before nothing is guaranteed so to wrap this up i just want to say thank you if you stuck around to the end and to listen to this i hope like i said y'all took away something from this and i've been so ecstatic about finally getting to record this and just let y'all know and give y'all my two cents so you know from the bottom of my heart thank y'all for listening so that'll be it and finally went out thank you so much and i hope y'all have a good rest of the day and i'll see y'all in the next episode